The Comey hearing wasn't about Trump or Russia. What was it about? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And there are so many things going on this week. There were so many things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, Big news. The U.K. election is big. The our election here, Ossoff v. Handel, the big debate was this week on WSB. Uh, There was... Trump launched his infrastructure tour and slipped in there. He wants to privatize air traffic control, which freaks me out. Uh, That actually is a discussion that is begging for a libertarian analysis such as mine. So these are all big, big stories I wanted to talk about. And then the Comey hearing just hijacked my entire attention span like everybody else's hijacked the news cycle. It just uh, it just took over. And I do actually still want to address those other items. So we've got the whole three hours. We've got till six o'clock. I'm going to try to give you my two cents on each one of those as the show progresses. But I can't. I just have to get the Comey stuff out there because of all the coverage I saw of all the 24-7 media coverage, I feel like I did not hear anyone really touching on the deeper purposes of not just the Comey hearing, but the Russia stuff altogether. And the Comey hearing in particular, Comey's role, I think, is unique. But there are a few agenda items I believe this Russia affair is addressing, not least of which is the media frenzy around it being an end in itself. I, I've I've thought that for a while now. The campaign of Trump was such a circus. I'm not saying his campaign necessarily, but that whole election season was so reality show. They, Showtime actually had a show called The Circus about the this campaign season last year. It just produced so much content for the 24-7 news cycle that when I saw this uh, Russian thing just being milked, you know, there's either evidence or there isn't, but they just keep saying the same thing over and over again. No, this guy's super trustworthy. You don't need evidence. Just listen to him. They could put it all to rest. They could make it move further. So when I saw them really milking it, it it felt so much like a, a reality show that was kind of storyboarded in advance loosely scripted, a little improv, but the whole point being that it was going to continue to generate content and ratings for the 24-7 news cycle for a while. And when I saw that, I actually started making predictions that came true. Like I said they would appoint a special prosecutor, which they now call special counsel, but because I just felt like that's something that would take months or years and just fill up the airwaves with drama while serving the real function of media these days to divert our attention to misdirect us from really important issues like this infrastructure thing privatizing air traffic control is important and i was ready to talk about it i wrote some really great articles about it you can check out on propagandareportdaily.com but i just got totally diverted by the comey drama by the little like easter eggs or whatever like the little um 
hidden gems in there that I, that nobody else noticed. So it totally engaged me and engaged the media. Uh, and I and I another thing that I felt would be part of this whole uh, that it is a media end in itself was that his when he showed up to do his hearing, he wouldn't put to rest the real questions. I one thing I said for sure was he wasn't going to bring the memos. So the memo that uh, was leaked that supposedly reflected his immediate reactions that he ran outside to his impala or whatever and, and typed out everything Trump had said, that memo he didn't bring. So they asked him for it. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I, I gave it to some guy. <laughs> I gave it to the I gave it to the cops and I uh, gave one copy to my friend, but I didn't save a copy for myself. So the senator asked him, well, can you get that copy back from your friend? And he said, well, I could try. So on Friday, they formally requested that. But for me, I flagged that as a to-be-continued moment, you know, that they really were just hyping it. But the most important part of my kind of what I anticipated from it, which did come true, was this ambiguity that Comey raises what I coined as the art of ambiguity to a new level. So I felt like whatever he said, he would throw stuff out there that Trump supporters could absolutely latch onto as vindication and uh, and that Trump opponents, he would throw stuff out there that Trump opponents could latch onto as vindication. And he really, really did that. And uh, a, a few of the, the things that the Trump supporters could really latch onto was that or, uh, yeah, it was kind of there talking about was that Comey said he leaked the, these memos through a friend, which was a kooky, a crazy thing to admit in an open hearing like that. He Comey acts like he's bulletproof like he's been made assurances that he could say whatever he wants I and mean, he just doesn't act normal and if you watched what well, got no press the testimony from the day before of Coates McCabe Rosenstein and Rogers other very high-ranking guys in government who were also testifying they just clammed up completely they said well we'd have to talk to lawyers about this stuff there could be executive privilege I mean we're, this is just not the forum. It's a public forum. For two hours, these guys just were battered by the same committee and would never say stuff that's crazy like that. Well, I leaked this thing. and That's okay, right? <laughs> never. So uh, he did that. He said uh, Loretta Lynch, the AG at the time, attorney general, last year pressured him to characterize the Hillary investigation in a certain way. Uh, he admitted, Comey, that he told Trump he was not under investigation, repeatedly told him that. On the other hand, he said, I wrote all this stuff down because I thought Trump would lie. Uh, I mean, in a, there was a time when you would have to fight a duel over something like that. I mean, that was crazy. He said he pressured him. But even saying he pressured him to take it easy on Flynn was in itself ambiguous. He said, well, he said, I hope you lay off him. That could be read either way. And it is being read either way. My favorite example of the ambiguity, though, is when Comey said, so Trump at one point had said, Comey called me. And Comey said, no, I never called him. He said, well, you know, he directed me to call him. So I actually called the White House. But I don't count that as calling him because he told me to call him. And I'm like... That is ambiguity, like, raised to an art form. But Comey had, unlike a lot of the other players in this play, 
Comey has a unique uh, role, I think, and I'm really going to tease that out throughout the show with some really good, almost comical clips of Comey during the hearing. But what helped me just really isolate Comey's unique purpose here was a tweet I got. My producer Bigley's here with tweets. A um, lot of great tweets on this. People have big opinions on this. But the tweet that really uh, that that really isolated what I think Comey's main purpose is. Can you, Bigley? Do you have Casey's mom's tweet handy? Yes, I do. What you got? She said that they're trying to make the public trust the government again. It's all a show, and they're just reiterating that Russia's bad. Yes. So I got the part about Russia being bad. I know, uh, you know, that's a big part. That's a big part of this agenda. And we're going to talk about that. But getting people to trust the government again, that explained why just about every single person, Republicans and Democrats would say to Comey, you are really trustworthy. You even even to your own detriment, you are honest. And then Comey himself made several speeches. The one thing I can say about the FBI is it's honest. I mean, right. It was really emotional. I felt like I was watching the movie Armageddon. Oh, oh, that's the other thing. This is America's top cop. And at one point, he said stuff like this throughout. Uh, it was a cowardly way to get off the phone. It was an awkward conversation. I mean, have you ever met a cop? Like, the guy who gives you a ticket would not talk like that. Very sensitive and guy. This is J. Edgar Hoover. So, and then at one point, he says, well, I was running away to hide with my wife. <laughs> so I asked my friend to give this document to a reporter. It was like, you're running away to hide with your wife. I mean, we're supposed to trust this guy, but they're they're framing him as being uh, this this guy who's kind of aw shucks, kind of Boy Scout, says dumb things because he's so danged honest, you know, just he doesn't know when to shut up that kooky kid. So I've got this. Uh, it just made sense that the whole point was to restore our faith in, in government. And that's why, poor Binkley, I may, I asked you to cut 12 clips of these hearings because there was just example after example. I won't play them all on the air. We're going to we're going to cherry pick the really um, good ones. But but more interesting to me is what your reaction was. So let's get to your calls right away. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 79 degrees outside the studio, a 10 on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and we are... Launching our discussion uh, about Comey, the Comey hearing, it it was fishy from top to bottom, in my opinion. And what I was hearing out of the 24-7 cable news cycle didn't scratch the surface at all, in my opinion. So let's scratch the surface. 404-872-0750-800. WSB Talker, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I am going to Ron in Canton. Ron, you're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. Hi, Ron. I got one way to characterize what I saw James Comey do during that hearing. He is the biggest weasel I have ever seen. (laughs) 
I started a hashtag of word association. It was hashtag Comey word association. And just like the words that you would think of when you see. So Binkley, I'm going to have Binkley read some of those after the break. Add weasel to the what what word comes to mind when you hear (laughs) (laughs) Comey. And, and, and there's one other thing. Democrats want to try to compare what's going on now to Watergate, which really doesn't compare. But there is one analogy I think does compare. You remember when Nixon went on David Frost and ended up saying if the president does it, it's legal? That's what James Comey seems to think of himself. If the FBI director does it, it's legal. You've, you're and giving me a to think he is honest after what he did during the Clinton server investigation. Yes, Ron, you're giving me a few things here to unpack. First of all, the Watergate thing, I think they're actually crafting the narrative to try to make it look like Watergate. They're actually and, and I think, believe it or not, and this is going to. Um, upset some people that Trump, you know, I think this thing goes really deep and that both sides are creating this theater because when Trump tweeted out, you better hope there aren't tapes. I mean, there was no reason for that. I don't think Trump tweets unmonitored. I think that there's definitely a tweet sitter, if not a tweet writer. And they and the and the Watergate parallel just screamed at me from that moment on. And I think they're playing right into it. But uh, I want to get to some of the word associations after the break and your feelings on Comey. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. It got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, giving you my Libertarian perspective on the news of the week. But this week, the news, the Comey hearing, uh, I don't think you need any perspective, but just being able to observe it and... uh, I had a like a visceral reaction, an emotional reaction, as uh, the caller before the break said, like to to think of that guy as honest after watching that hearing. It's just impossible. But that could just be what you're predisposed to hearing. I don't know. But I did notice that the senators and uh, Comey were both falling all over themselves to try to uh, depict him the FBI, Mueller, who's the special counsel, uh, McCabe, who's, I guess, acting director of the FBI right now, as the most honest, salt-of-the-earth guys you ever want to meet. And it reminded me of when Senator Feinstein and Mike Rogers, they were on some morning show once just talking about how James Clapper was the straightest shooter in Washington, blah, blah, blah. And this is a guy who perjured himself to Congress on television. So these, this, uh, when they say this guy's honest, I always think you're saying that because he's not. <laughs> you know, you don't want his cover blown because he serves a real purpose. Uh, but another uh, thing that was 
kind of funny that came up before the break was like what you think about when you see Comey. So uh, the caller had said, I just see him and I think weasel, which is hilarious because I had started a hashtag, hashtag Comey word association. So when you see Comey, like what it's just I, I personally had such an emotional reaction. So I had Binkley here pull some of those. Binkley, what, uh, give me a few word associations and we'll get to some calls. Uh, Comey, six foot eight wuss. <laughs> yes, yes. Interesting. Comey, to Trump, my testimony, to Hillary, my loyalty. Interesting. That one's very deep. interesting. That's, that kind of rises to the level of haiku. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> uh, very creative. We have uh, a Comey memo to self. My hands quiver as I pen these words. A marvelous warmth overtakes me. I'm bitten. Oh, sweet Feinstein, is it love? That is about the Senator Feinstein. So I was saying how like all these guys were fawning over themselves for Comey. And there's another like weird element to the Comey stuff. Like it's very emotional. He talks about himself, uh, his his feelings. He um, at one point he said. Uh, uh, he did, he said it was like a cowardly way, way to end an awkward call, like if I had been a stronger person. And Feinstein said to him three different things she said to him I thought was weird. One was, you're big, you're big and strong. And then another one was, uh, you're a man of strength. It was so creepy. Like I didn't know who was creepier at that point. But yeah, so so when I, I – another one of the hashtags I created was – Comey's memo to self, because he said, I talked to Trump, I ran out to my car, I typed out these memos to myself just so I wouldn't forget anything. Like he keeps this diary about what happens during the day. And I just wondered what was his diary uh, entry after Feinstein uh, was talking about how big and strong he was. Ugh, it's literally giving me like a... I can't sh- wait to read those memos. A shudder. I know. I want to hear. I want to hear the... Uh, I'm sure if if we think his testimony gets emotional and personal, I can only imagine. Yikes! The Stained Comey. in his tears are those memos. Yeah, the uh, the Comey memoirs. Can't <laughs> wait for that to come out. So let's get back to some calls. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. I'm going to Ken and Cobb. Hi, Ken. You're on with Monica. Hello there, Monica. Thank you for taking my phone call. One of the things I want to bring up is what Tommy said about the meeting between Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch, which was, uh, you know, when Loretta Lynch was uh, on the tarmac on a plane and Bill Clinton climbed aboard to talk. And, of course, uh, Loretta Lynch said they were talking about grandchildren. We know that <laughs> couldn't possibly be true. But what Tommy said was after that meeting between Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch, he realized that there was no case. Now, that tells you how influential the criminal Clinton uh, crime cartel is. This whole thing, Monica, is a total scam uh, to shield the public eye from something else. There were, of course, the email leaks, uh, the email leaks, the WikiLeaks, and Julian Assange, I think we should have a lot of respect for him because of what he does. And, you know, he, he brought it up on a show and that he was interviewed on about Seth Rich. Uh, that's, that's something that should not go away. This is all a, a scam. The whole Russian collusion after Seth Rich was murdered uh, and the, the, the emails were leaked. Uh, they were published by WikiLeaks. 
That's when all this Russian collusion garbage came about. Well, I'll tell you, Ken, I actually peel the onion uh, another layer from that. So when somebody spoon-feeds me something like Seth Rich or WikiLeaks, I feel like that is another manipulation. So I never think it's what you see is what you get. And now that we're so jaded about the mainstream media, about the frontline news, I think they actually give us a second-line news. So when I first saw the report of Seth Rich being murdered, like the day he was murdered, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then when I saw it getting national coverage, ooh, there's something freaky going on here. It's like, oh, they're just, they want me to look at that. It was like Jade Helm. And WikiLeaks, I actually think Julian Assange is what they call a honeypot or disinformation that he gets people who would be genuine whistleblowers. Like he actually works for the CIA. Like that's what I think. He's actually a CIA front guy where they, if you have real whistleblowers, they have these things, these honeypots where they can attract you and trap you in there so you can't really get your word out. So then he gets to filter and screen it and bring out what he, uh, the kind of stuff that works to their agenda. So I think what's happening with Comey, honestly, I like, I'll get to the punchline, which is, And it's the same, this whole Russian thing has a few agenda items, but the number one agenda item, in my opinion, the most specific thing is to get federal oversight of elections. They want to put the elections either actually under the control of the federal government or just under such a direction, you know, where they'll, they'll like give them best practices, maybe contribute voting machines, you know, so... All these guys, Clapper, Yates, when you hear these testimony, the Senate will, senators will ask them, what do you think we should do? And they'll say, oh, three things, three things. We need to get tighten up those elections so Russia can't hurt our republic anymore. And we need to teach people how to understand what news is good and what news is bad. So we need thumbs up and thumbs down next to news sources. And we also need what James Clapper called for USIA on steroids, which is a propaganda machine, literally a U.S. government-run propaganda machine that justifies generating propaganda to influence the politics of foreign countries and also our own domestic uh information flow for what they are calling national security, which really just means protecting the hierarchy as it is. That was a lot of stuff there. Ken, I really just dove right down into the rabbit hole because you gave me so much. Hope it wasn't overwhelming. I am going to go to Kevin and Milton. Hi, Kevin. You're on with Monica. Uh, Monica, thank you for my call. Uh, listen, I agree with a lot with what you say, but a couple of points. I mean, there's so much here. Number one, I think after hearing Comey, I think there's a reason Trump fired him. Uh, just He's a sleazeball. Uh, the other side is I think he set himself up with the Hillary election and, and the Hillary leaks to where he knew he was going to be a historical figure. Great for a book deal. Why else would he start keeping memos? I don't think it was for his safety. And, and the final thing I would like to suggest and get your opinion on, if Russia was going to elect the elect or uh, corrupt the election, wouldn't you think they would be more inclined to support the most left-wing government they could get, not the right-wing side? I mean, yes. it seems like if, if they were going to do anything, they would help Hillary, not, not Trump. I thought of that. I wondered how the left could have turned on the 
uh, on Russia. And then I saw a very telling article, I think it was in the Atlantic, that said, oh, no, Putin represents the pre-Soviet Russia, represents the czarist Russia. So that plays into that. But I have an answer to all the things that you are saying, and they're really interesting points. One is that that uh, that he was a sleazeball, and that's why he was fired, and that's why he should have been fired. And I totally agree with that. There was an absolute clear reason to fire him. Rod Rosenstein, who wrote the Met Rosenstein, who wrote the memo about it, absolutely should have just connected that last dot, which was this. Comey didn't trust Lynch, the attorney general. The next in the chain of command was Sally Yates, the assistant or deputy attorney general. So instead of going to her, Comey went rogue and he went public. So what Rosenstein should have said is, I'm in the same position. Sessions has recused himself. I'm the deputy attorney general. I'm responsible for this guy's behavior. He is a proven rogue actor who does not respect the chain of command and recklessly accesses the public for his own purposes. And that would have created a whole lot less drama here. But but he didn't. And I also feel like, yes, maybe he's doing this for a book deal, which is how guys get payola, in my opinion. Like uh, Obama, I always feel like he got rich from book deals. And who's buying, you know, maybe George Soros bought a million of his books. But the but he talks as if he's protected. Comey talks as if he's he's under the protection that he is not going to be in legal trouble, which is why. If you listen at all to the day before, the hearing from the day before, Coates, McCabe, Rogers, Rosenstein, these guys act like professionals. They're, they're, they're saying, I'm not going to get myself into trouble. I'm not going to get my bosses into trouble. I'm not going to bring bits and pieces of this stuff into the public forum. It's not appropriate. I'm not going to do it. I'll take whatever heat you're going to give me right now. But I'm not, I, I'm not going down that road. I'm too smart for that. But Comey admitted to leaking which you know clearly he he can't be assured that there won't be any legal repercussions for that unless he was already assured so that these are all some of the reasons i think this thing is is more even more theatrical than it appears and that both sides are playing into it which i think in itself is pretty interesting uh hang on alan hang on ethan we're gonna get to more calls after the break and i do want to hear more of what your reaction to Comey was. It really evokes emotional reactions because he's so emotional, which in itself is so unprofessional. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 86 is the high today, 66 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate. Heating and air. And we're talking about the Comey hearing. We've got some really fun stuff lined up for you. Uh, clips, I hope I get through as many as I can. Going to take some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Alan and Marietta. Hi, Alan. You're on with Monica. Hi there. Hi. Uh, what, what's really going to tell is his next job. Who is going to hire this guy? Is it going to be Soros, the Obamas, Hillary Clinton? Deep state. I mean, you know, what's really going to tell is who hires this guy next. That's interesting because he said, I'm between jobs. And Kamala Harris said, oh, I'm sure you won't have a problem finding I mean, a job. Who, That's foreshadowing. Who wouldn't want to 
hire the former director of the FBI. The, the knowledge and things that he knows would be a great benefit to whoever hires him. That's true, but I would definitely not hire him even as a security guard. He comes off, he used the word cowardly like three times. Like, well, I didn't stand up for it because I'm not strong enough. Uh, it was a cowardly way to get out of this. I mean, it was the, the least cop-sounding thing I've ever heard. I mean, I really think you could fight a traffic ticket and get a cop with more backbone than this guy, and he's supposed to be J. Edgar Hoover. Well, he could be the fact-checker for the Democratic Party. Oh, you think? Do they do, they do that? <laughs> do they care about that? But don't paint me as a Republican. I think the same. I think the the Republican convention. Oh my gosh, they they're just as bad, in my opinion. I hate to. Uh, and I wonder if he knew about the uh, Russian thing back in '16 when uh, the Obama administration knew about it. I mean, you know, and he comes out and exonerates Hillary, but he won't tell Trump that he's not under investigation. It's just there are a lot of inconsistencies that just. This guy's just yeah. leaner. Well, I'll tell you. Oh, there you go, Binkley. Write that on the uh, hashtag Comey Word Association wiener. Because we, we already have a wiener, but and that was actually, that's the crazy part, is that it was Anthony Wiener's laptop that was the thing that Comey came out talking about. It had nothing to do with Russia. So the thing that actually blew up her career, her election supposedly, was, was somebody in her own party. So, but I actually feel like Obama should have fired him immediately when he came out and said and and made that public announcement about Hillary not being investigated because he lost faith in Loretta Lynch and 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 likewise he should have if he's such an honest Boy Scout have blown the whistle on Loretta Lynch trying to pressure him. This. And I don't want to focus on this guy being a clown because I think his role is to be a clown, that there is a director behind the scenes. So let's try to get to some of that. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, giving you the libertarian perspective on the biggest stories of the week. But you don't need to wear a libertarian hat to look at that Comey hearing a little crooked. It just smacked of theater from top to bottom. And I strongly encourage people to go and look at the hearing from the day before of it was the uh, FBI guy, McCabe. No. Yeah. McCabe, the attorney General, Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein. It was Dan Coats, who's now the Director of National Intelligence. And it was Admiral Rogers, who's the head of the NSA. So these are guys I would not be disposed to like or respect because that's the real deep state. Deep state is not Obama holdovers. It's the people who control the government, regardless of who's in the White House, to make sure that the march towards totalitarianism continues apace, regardless of all the squabbling between the parties. That's what those guys represent to me. And still, I had to think, they looked like real trustworthy professionals versus uh, what Comey was was 
spooling out to us. And I can't help but think that Comey was taking his freedom in his hands, speaking so freely that he might actually have legal trouble down the road. So I feel like that guy, that this this is a reality show that's been storyboarded up front. It's loosely scripted. He knows what he's going to say. Uh, and I And I feel like there are purposes to it. And one is just the media frenzy for ratings, which I finally realize actually they like that. They want us to pay for our own brainwashing. So I think they they give us the empty drama for that reason. And then I think uh, another the real underlying purpose of the Russian affair is that elections should be taken over by the federal government, either completely like overtly or just behind the scenes and uh, but with Comey himself the it, it was all about him being this boy scout that when people screw up in the government especially law enforcement you know there's just it's very important to maintain confidence in law enforcement especially as we head towards the police state where what an underlying agenda item remains pushing the police power uh the like the power to police up uh, upsourcing it as i've coined to the federal government it was a big agenda item for obama it looks like it's on the back burner now um but everything is meant to go up uh to for us to lose control and a lot of these psyops are meant for that for us to think that Somebody at the top has to take over. So that was part of the whole Comey psyop, in my opinion, psychological operation. I want to know what you think, though. 404 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, my producer, has some. Uh, is going to read me tweets as they come. You got a tweet for me? Yeah, I have a good one here from Zim. He says, they are literally grinding reality into dust making the truth so ambiguous that it's almost invisible. Interesting. And and I will say, I noticed that first when I went back and looked at the, a long time ago, I looked at the Joe McCarthy hearings. Roy Cohn, which Trump was the protege of Roy Cohn. Mm-hmm. Roy Cohn was Joe McCarthy's lawyer. And he was also Trump's lawyer. But when you look back at those hearings, that to me was the turning point. Maybe the Watergate was I didn't ever go back and watch those. But the McCarthy stuff, they would on the video, on the films, you could see them describing a picture for the record and it wasn't the picture. So they would say you can clearly see that guy standing alone, but you actually see that guy standing with somebody else. Like in <laughs> and, and so for the congressional record, the words were different. And and I was sitting there like and some people were still some of the senators and stuff were still Using logic, like, who's ever going to fall for this? This is nonsense. You should be ashamed of yourself. Let's fight a duel, you know? But the, but now they don't, it, it's amazing that the, that anyone can sit in those rooms with a straight face is my feeling about <laughs> it, you know? But let's get to some more uh, tweets after I take some calls. I'm going to go to Ethan and Alpharetta. Hi, Ethan. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I just want to say I just started listening to your show over the past month and I just love it. I think you're great. Uh, libertarian voice on the radio. I'm glad that we have that kind of insight uh, on the airwaves. And uh, at the same time, you're not an anarchist. You're a libertarian, but not an anarchist. And that's wonderful. That's, a, that's something we don't see all the time. 
Well, I have to correct the record, Ethan. Theoretically, on the thousand-year plan, I don't think that we can trust the government with all the guns and all the power. But in the meantime, because I have children, I am kicking the can by defending the Bill of Rights. So I consent to this government, even if theoretically I don't have any hope for it. But I, I love. Thank you so much for your encouragement. So, what's what are your impressions, Ethan? Well. The thing I haven't heard anybody mention is that Comey seems to be guilty of doing something that any lawyer should know better than to do, and that is assuming. He's bad about making assumptions, especially regarding the intentions of other human beings. We hear him uh, assuming that Hillary Clinton did not intend to break the law with a private email server and her mishandling of confidential information. But at the same time, he's confident that Trump intended for him to just disregard the Flynn investigation and, and effectively obstruct justice. Uh, but th- ultimately, that's what he's doing. He's assuming that he knows their intentions, even though Trump did not specifically command him to to just let it go regarding the, regarding the Flynn investigation. Yeah, and that's, that's a good make- point, Ethan, because he, he is supposedly, this guy's a, a lawyer, a top cop, and I, I went to law school. I didn't even practice, but I, I, I even remember... It is very clear that questions of fact like that are for the jury, you know, and and I'm not saying there's a jury there, but, you you know, in your mind to delineate those things. And when you hear other guys in the course of business in these Senate hearings or whatever, you'd never hear them mushing stuff together like that. It's just he's like an actor. Right. Right. And and I think that. You know, ultimately, it, it does appear to be a politicized double standard, even though he's trying to look as though he's independent and he's just being, uh, you know, objective and so forth. To me, even though people think that he hurt Clinton, I think ultimately his intention was to help her, which I'm making an assumption on my part. <laughs> no, I agree, though. Yeah, I, that's what it looks like. It yeah. does appear like he's, he's motivated by politics. Well, and yes, thank you so much, Ethan. Another thing was that he said when he leaked that document that he asked his friend, the Columbia professor, to leak something to the news, he said that his intention was to spark a, a special counsel. I mean, that was a politically motivated action with intent that was completely beyond what it was appropriate. Right. And the last thing I wanted to say is I love your analysis on how you're exposing the media's intentional creation of organized chaos. And that's what this all this whole, like you said, reality TV, TV show is. It's yeah. And it just chaos. it just hit me because I always discount just uh I love the word banal. It's like commonplace or just this banal money grubbing. You know, I never think Hillary's just in it for the money. Trump's in it for the money if there is. But that there. So I dismiss it always. But there is an element of that. They do want the money. They do want you to pay. That's why why like the CIA and tax exempt foundations and stuff can be so dangerous is that they magnify the power of their money by not paying taxes on it or actually using government money to affect their ends. And I feel like the media is the same way that they will they will sell commercials on the propaganda that they're jamming into your head so you vote how they want you to vote. I mean, it's it's really too much, and uh, and it's obvious, and they create the circus as an end to itself. Uh, let me just get to one more call before the break. Va- Van in Atlanta. Hi, Van. You're on with Monica. Hello. Yeah. Enjoy the show. I, uh, you mentioned theater. 
And I can't, what you told me without thinking of Wedding Crashers. I don't know if you saw that movie. Yes, I did, with Owen Wilson. Vaughn dancing with the girl. He wishes he could have been strong when he walks out of the place. Wait, I can hardly hear you. Can you, can you give me more volume? Try again, Van. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can barely hear you. You got one more chance. Uh, I can't hear you, buddy. I'm super sorry. But I think what you're saying is Vince Vaughn in the Red Wedding Crashers, who who is freakishly tall, not as freakishly tall as uh, Comey, who's like 6'8". There was another weird thing he said during the hearing that reminds me of how tall he was. That that famous picture of him walking across the room in the blue room and meeting Trump and really dwarfing Trump, who's tall. tall. Trump is tall. So he meets him. They go in for like, you know, a handshake and Trump says something in, in Comey's ear. And Comey said, he testified under oath that what Trump said was, I look forward to working with you, (laughs) which, you know, that just doesn't that sound wrong. Like, I just why would you pull somebody close and say that? I mean, it just seemed weird. All seems so weird. (laughs) Anyway, um, Comey is freakishly tall. And uh, but I don't hold that against him. Maybe that's where he gets his overconfidence. But I don't know. So thank you very much for the call, Van. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I've got uh, Greg Guy. Hang on. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Your calls, more tweets after the break. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Mix of sun and clouds tomorrow, high of 88. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We're talking about the Comey hearing. I'm taking a little bit of a different take. I'm going a little deeper into it. I do think that we are being, uh, this, this play is being unfolded for us to manipulate uh, how we how we view the government and to encourage us to accept a policy. So I'm going to dig into that a little more at the bottom of the hour. I keep getting great calls. So I'm going to do the calls and then um, play some clips and get some tweets. So the number is 404-872-0750, 800-WSB-TALK, and my Twitter handle is at Monica Perez Show. I am going to go to Guy in Marietta. I told Guy to hold on to the bottom of the hour. Are you ready for me, Guy? Yes, I'm ready. What you got? Um, I want to talk about Comey and the word intent, but first I want to say that because of the five corrupt TV networks, uh, you're not hearing that, that that the proper process for the Hillary situation would have been for the Justice Department to impanel uh, a grand jury and hear the evidence. And, and it was never done, and I think uh, there was a little bit of conspiring between Comey and Loretta Lynch, and, and, and then Comey... I believe leaked the word intent, leaked the word intent out there to see if it would float with the TV networks, and it did. So then he came forward and did what he did, uh, and then Trey Gowdy pretty much exposed all of Hillary's lies. Remember in that hearing that he exposed those lies? Yeah. Here we told, and I thought it was, I thought it was a, a felony to. Uh, to uh, uh, lie to the FBI, but maybe it's just under oath. Oh, dude. No, I think you can't, you can't even lie. I think you can't even lie to a cop at a traffic stop. Like, it's totally, you really can't lie to the FBI, though. People get into big, big trouble. Isn't but that you've, interesting? You've he got something. All those lies. 
on TV. Yeah, let me, Guy, you really sparked my curiosity here because this thing about intent, he did bring it up. I even noticed in one of the court cases against Trump's executive order, they talk about intent and um, that seems to be a, a theme that's coming up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we need to watch out for the importance of that. I also think that all, most of this is pointing to the need. A lot of this ambiguity is pointing to the need for tapes that uh, that they're asking for Oval Office tapes, which is something Trump started. I mean, that's what's weird about that is that Trump started it at, and, and said, oh, you better hope there's no tapes. Comey said, I really want there to be tapes. Then I think on Friday, Congress asked Comey specifically for all memos and tapes he might have. Uh, I feel like the ambiguity is pointing to uh, the Watergate episode of this reality show. I'll explain a little more what I mean um, and play some uh, telling clips from the hearing. You can also tweet at me at Monica Perez Show or call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. Talking about the big, biggest story of the week. Uh, there were other stories, though. I really want next week or at least even in my offline life, my propaganda report daily dot com or on Twitter, Facebook. I want to talk about Trump's infrastructure plan. But there was also big news coming out of the UK in that Theresa May, who is the prime minister, they get to call their own elections. She was riding high, calls an election uh, brings out these weird policies that blows up her party, basically. The result is now she's on the rocks. Her party, I, I think they call it a hung parliament, where they really um, can't get a consensus in parliament, can hardly get things done. I think it's going to totally derail Brexit. And then, of course, me being down the rabbit hole, uh, I want. I wonder if it was on purpose. And I wanted to kind of uh, get that uh, out there on the record because... I had thought, and I know Binkley's here with me, I think you have never been convinced that Brexit is really going to happen. And and really, the the reason it falls into what kind of my, what I'm thinking this whole year is like, what's the true meaning of Trump? Is Trump a really going to shepherd in a new era of nationalism? Is our closest alliance once again going to be this Atlanticist alliance of the UK and the US? Or is it all a scam to get globalism uh, to have this big kind of backlash, this rebound that the EU was losing steam after its debt crisis? Um, It needs kind of political unification because economics alone isn't really a sustainable model for a union like that. So if they come back with if Brexit falls away, the EU comes out stronger, globalism here, you know, the Democrats come out stronger if they flip the six, they start turning red states blue. I feel like we'll see the proof is in the pudding that Trump, whether, and here's the new, um, you know, the, the new catchphrase in Senate hearing committees, witting or unwitting, Trump wittingly or unwittingly, um, participate in this sparked this is responsible for this so like even the paris accord he pulls out of the paris accord and 
uh, all of a sudden there's this backlash where cities want to report directly to the U.N., which is actually like an Agenda 2030 U.N. plot to get cities to report directly to the U.N., to like create city-states to take farmland offline. Like to re- the real globalist plot is like a reaction to what Trump says he's doing to try to get away from all that stuff. So... I always ask the question, qui bono, who benefits, the proof is in the pudding. These are things I just want to throw out there to make people aware of as they unfold over time. And it takes a long time for the stuff to unfold. But I found this Comey hearing this week pretty fascinating. And and one of the things that Casey's mom tweeted to me was that she thought that part of the purpose here was to restore faith in government. And I think Comey is being set up as this kind of... Um, all shucks guy, this boy scout who's honest, you know, even against his own interests. And you can really trust a guy like that because how, how is he benefiting? He lost his job. He's, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable for him. It makes him mildly nauseous to have to reflect on, you know, the, the, what it's cost him to, you know, the, the impact of his relentless scrupulousness. And I and I have the clips to prove it, and I, it's about time I start playing some. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Binkley, for cutting these. Let's start with the first one. I think clip one is Senator Warner, who's a guy from Virginia. He uh, – he was such a self-righteous jerk throughout this this whole week of hearings. These are the, the Senate Intelligence Committee. And um, I, I dug into him a little bit because he was such a jerk. He seemed like a lifetime politician, but like even more of a jerk than that. Now I found out that he's the richest senator by a lot and, I, and, and also a lifetime politician, which I found difficult to reconcile, only to discover he had some venture capital dealings. But that was after he made big money Winning, and I'm using air quotes right now, (laughs) winning lotteries for free cellular licenses. So the the cellular, when cellular was exploding, the licenses were being given away by the government, uh, supposedly for people wanted to use them. And they, uh, and so savvy guys like Warner accumulated them and then sold them for real money to actual cellular companies. So real property rights originate from this libertarian's perspective in use. So you mix your toil with the soil, you know, your blood, sweat, and tears with this, and that's where you get it. So if you're if you use the cellular frequency, whatever, if you use the radio waves, you own it. Uh, but the government, when the government says no, we own everything, and we get to decide who gets it. They decided to give it away for a while. This guy got crazy rich. Then they closed that loophole. And and now he's an arrogant jerk and continues to be a lifetime politician. And with that dubious recommendation, let's hear how he sets Comey up as being a guy you can trust. Clip one. Now, Mr. Comey, let me say at the outset, we haven't always agreed on every issue. In fact, I've occasionally questioned some of the actions you've taken. But I've never had any reason to question your integrity, your expertise, or your intelligence. You've been a straight shooter with this committee and have been willing to speak truth to power, even at the risk of your own career. So there you have it. You know, and you and you can see him kind of reading the word integrity. Like he's trying to do it with real, you know, but he's just like, oh, I shouldn't have... I, I should have read Kobe's this before. Reaction, his facial he was just this is thank you. It's almost it was really emotional. Yeah, so so that's him setting up Comey for uh 
you're being such a salia. You speak truth to power. You have integrity. We don't always agree, but I respect <laughs> your opinion. You know, and there's such uh, it's when you watch the whole hours and hours and hours of the hearings, you realize how disingenuous they are. What what um what a play this is. They just don't use logic or anything or professionalism. And then they come out with that stuff. This Comey clip is a little bit long, but he just goes it's he just goes on and on about how um you know, Dag Nabbit, Dag Nabbit, this is the best darn system. So let's now hear uh Comey laying it on thick in clip two. I worked every day at the FBI to help make that great organization better. And I say help because I did nothing alone at the FBI. There are no indispensable people at the FBI. The organization's great strength is that its values and abilities run deep and wide. The FBI will be fine without me. The FBI's mission will be relentlessly pursued by its people, and that mission is to protect the American people and uphold the Constitution of the United States. I will deeply miss being part of that mission, but this organization and its mission will go on long beyond me and long beyond any particular administration. I have a message before I close for the, my former colleagues of the FBI. But at first, I want the American people to know this truth. The FBI is honest. The FBI is strong. And the FBI is and always will be independent. And now to my former colleagues, if I may. I am so sorry that I didn't get the chance to say goodbye to you properly. It was the honor of my life to serve beside you to be part of the FBI family, and I will miss it for the rest of my life. Thank you for standing watch. Thank you for doing so much good for this country. Do that good as long as ever you can. And, Senators, I look forward to your questions. I mean, is anyone else barfing? Binkley, am I just too cynical to be like, that is vomititious? I thought he was on the asteroid in Armageddon about to just blow it up saying <laughs> goodbye to everyone. <laughs> He's a superhero and like a cheesy. I, I, <laughs> I just, it, it, I think there is something. I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Joe Atwell. He was saying like, we have this innate sense of lying. So when I, and I always had this. So my mother would always watch. My parents like glued to the news cycle, whatever. And I, the State of Union address would come on and she, they'd be watching it and I would have to leave the room. I mean, to this day. I, I would have to leave the room. And I remember saying to my mother, like, I just, I don't know why I can't stand it. And I, and she would say, because they're lying. You can't stand the lies. You just can't stand it. And it's true. I don't know how she could stand it, but I truly could not stand it. And Abel was saying that he thinks we have this innate sense, like it keeps us, it's like a, a um, you know, a, a defense mechanism that you are out there to try to uh, protect yourself by not allowing these lies. I want to I want to take a call because I'm talking so much. Um, Andy in Tucker, I am going to you. Andy, you're on with Monica. Yeah, I want to throw another scenario out there about the Comey Theater. Yep. Uh, no doubt he's a narcissist and a very powerful narcissist. Yes, it really feels like that, unless it's a role he's playing. But I think he probably got chosen for the role because he is an absolute narc. I agree. Right. And so this all started, you know, with Hillary. And when Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton got together, you know, 
they interfered with his his authority, with his you know, with his club, with his FBI. And so narcissists are usually retaliatory. So that's why he started with Hillary. And maybe something else happened later that we don't know about, which caused phase two of Hillary. But he definitely hates Trump. And the way he got fired, you know, was pretty, pretty lousy. So this was his going away party. And this was, you know, his hit back at Trump for firing him the way he did. Yeah, you know, I, 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 my analysis of this stuff it's the edges that I don't understand. I'm going to understand it someday. And we are all going to go through this journey together, I think, because you can tell it's what I'm really trying hard to understand. I absolutely, there's no doubt in my mind there are puppet masters. There's no doubt in my mind that at certain levels there are places where the two sides come together. Um, and maybe they go apart again, you know, maybe... Uh, lizard people run the world, and then there's like, <laughs> um, you know, heads of government, and then there's, you know, the kind of George Soros type or whatever who can maybe bribe both the left and the right, that there are these different layers where at some layers there are actually uh, genuine conflicts going on and that maybe they pick these people like Comey or even Trump because of their own characteristics that play right into the kind of conflict they're trying to generate because this guy does make me feel like he's a sociopath. I just, that's just how I feel about him. And, and I think maybe it's even the role he's playing, but who better to play the role than the guy who actually is that thing. So let's dig a little deeper after the break. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 79 outside the studio. Skies are sunny. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Played some clips from the Comey hearing. You have to really listen to them with fresh ears and realize what a crock it is anyway i'm going to Joni in atlanta hi Joni. you're on with monica is this Joni? hello i guess it is not Joni. all right i'm putting you on hold there Joni. um is this is this Joni in atlanta yes it is go for it what you got okay thank you i agree with your assessment of comey i think it was an act and i also think that uh, the globalists, they they watch people, politicians, and they look at those who are narcissistic, uh, have a lust for power like the Clintons. This is from my own research, and I found that in world history, it's replete with societies that have wanted to be uh, dominated by people like that. No matter what the political party is, uh, they have no regard for the rule of law because they want to be in power, and they refuse to let uh themselves be examined by the justice system they will lie they will cheat and to me that causes them to be delusional and then just flat out go into deception if they don't change by conviction of conscience joni you're talking about in my opinion a sociopath i think and i think that is like the top the very highest echelon i believe is populated with sociopaths right and that 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 creates an anarchist spirit. There's nothing wrong with political parties having differences of opinion, but what we're seeing, the violence, the refusal to uh, support your government in this regard, to make it work for all of the people. Their interest is not in making peace 
and make, not honoring our Constitution, you see. But the end goal is to rule, and that's sad. But history also shows that it never creates a successful party, and they oh. will be their own victims as well. i got to go to a break, but Joni, that was so measured and thoughtful and mature and so completely uh, outside the trend. But what you reminded me of was a kooky story I heard about Comey when he was a teenager, and I wonder sometimes if they actually select these people in advance and set them up for a future to play these kind of weird roles. So interesting, Joni. Thank you very much. Uh, tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Please, take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please, open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez. I'm your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We have been talking about the biggest story of the week, which was the Comey hearing. And for me, it was... A very deep state operation, not uh, deep state like Obama holdover, deep state like a psychological trick that has been played on us by the ruling class to get us to do what they want. And, and one of the things they want is, in my opinion, I think it's they definitely want this. I mean, I think it rises above the level of opinion at this point. They want control, federal control over the election process. And this whole Russia thing is about that. And given that there is no evidence for the Russian interference in the election, they have to present it as uh, you have to trust these members of government who have the firsthand information but can't tell us because it's super secret. You have to trust them. And I feel like Comey's specific role is to restore trust in at least some people there. Him, he's on the outs. He has nothing to gain or lose. He should want to hurt them all. But he's the one who's saying, trust me, trust us. The Russian problem is big. They're going to destroy the American way. I've got another great clip of him just laying it on so thick. It'll just make your skin crawl. But before the break, we got a call from Joni who really hearkened back to, like, (laughs) what good governments might be, uh, disagreements, but actually having the interests of the people in the country at heart. They represent our interests. They're accountable to our interests. But that she was saying some people are basically sociopaths, uh, narcissists, you know, actors who don't recognize that kind of scaffolding or framework of good governance or any of that. And that... Comey might be one of those people. He really strikes you as a, as a nutcase or an actor. I'm not sure which, or maybe he's both. But something weird, <laughs> I, Binkley, my producer, just uh, earlier this week sent me an article that he found about Comey that reminded me of some of the, you know, some people who rose to real prominence had weird little background stories from when they were young. And and I wonder sometimes when I'm really pondering how deep the rabbit hole actually goes, if if some people are tapped from a very young age to uh, 
two ideas that spring to mind, two examples. Fidel Castro wrote FDR a letter saying, I want to work for the United States government. And I always wondered if, if, and I read this book by Servando Gonzalez called Psychological Warfare and the New World Order. He was from Cuba, and he said that that was an experiment in de-industrializing, that Cuba was such an advanced society, they used it as an experiment to use Marxism or communism to de-industrialize, that maybe Fidel Castro was actually an agent of the U.S. government or of the world order. That was kind of interesting to me. Another one was I saw Michael Moore ask Milton Friedman a question when Michael Moore, I think, was in college. So you have this skinny kid asking him a question, challenging Milton Friedman. I don't I don't necessarily think he got his start that way uh, or that somebody tapped him as being a future disruptor. He might have. I don't know. But I just like I flagged those things. Another one was George Soros said he went to LSE, London School of Economics and his economics. Uh, instructor inspired him to get rich and change societies all over the world. Lo and behold, he got rich manipulating currencies that are controlled by governments. And I do think he was probably tapped to do that very thing at a young age. So I don't know what to read into this Comey thing. Probably absolutely nothing, but I'm just putting it out there, you know, just put it, put that little tiny ball bearing on the, the scales of, you know, how deep does this go? So Binkley, remind me of uh, just the, the broad brushstrokes of this story. When Comey was 15, him and his brother were held at gunpoint by someone known as the Ramsey Rapist in New Jersey. He got away, and then police later found someone after a woodsman tracker led them to some dude's house, and they arrested this guy based on one of the Comey brothers identifying him as the person who did it. Nobody else identified him, and there was no other evidence, and it caused like a media uproar in that town really affecting this guy's life, and they ended up releasing him because they, you know. He was totally alibied, right? The right. guy had, he had alibis, no yeah. evidence. And But I think that, yeah, so the only person who basically went to the mat fingering this guy was James Comey, one the 16-year-old. One of the Comey brothers. They, it says one of the Comey brothers. Oh, I thought it was for sure James Comey. Maybe in another story. It might have been. It. Yeah, okay, well, let's, um, I'm not going to say I know that's the fact, but it's just, you know, what if they say, like, wow, that guy is a great liar. I mean, we can really, it's really hard this to find good. a liar. That, it's <laughs> like when I sat next to Krista Devias from the Clark Howard Show at a wedding and just never stopped talking. She was just like, <laughs> okay, I know you're just a housewife, but... To find, you know, someone capable of nonstop talking <laughs> is so rare. <laughs> and I mean, there's a there's a job for you. Yeah. So I just feel like, you know, when you find that special someone, you you might not want to let them go by. But I really don't know. I mean, that is truly wild speculation. It's it is. Uh, so, but. But it isn't wildly speculative. In my, I, I think it's in evidence that sociopaths just litter the government at the highest level. I, or I should say, I think there's this 2% of society is sociopaths. Like, I think that's what the medical community agrees. And I feel like 1% of them are, whatever, drug addicts in the gutter can't get a grip on themselves, whatever. The other half, which is still a big number, is running the world. And you are, you have recommended this author to me before, Harold Laswell. Didn't you tell me he wrote a book about this? Harold Laswell is a was a Yale professor. He was a big think tank guy. 
He actually wrote a book I read recently called National Security and Individual Freedom, in which he suggests creating committees in the Senate or in Congress or whatever to address specific issues such as national security. And then the committee itself will will kind of hijack the entire body so that your own representative won't be able to represent you on specific issues. That was in 1950. In 1976, they created the Senate Intelligence Committee, which is causing all this hullabaloo. It's just a few people who control the conversation. And Trump is actually making that system stronger, from what I can tell. There was an article in the Journal today of Grassley saying that uh, Trump or the administration will only communicate with the chairman of committees. So he's even it's it's uh, this Laswell was really great at figuring out how to manipulate people. What was that book, though, that was about the sociopaths? What was it? It's called Psychopathology in Politics. And he talks about, you know, just the, the elements of power. He actually covers this topic in a lot of his books. There, there is another book I have, but haven't read, called Political Ponerology. P O E, maybe like a, <laughs> what do you call those things? Um, where the oh, the ears stuck together. Uh, Ponerology, and it talks about this like uh, pathological lust for power. It just can't, you know. Only death will cure you. Yeah. And and of course, if that's what you have, you know, do what you love. Right. <laughs> you know, people are really successful when they do what they love. So um, he also writes one called Who Gets What, When, Where and How, referring to politics to tell you how you get. Yeah. What does that mean? Basically, how the people in power get what they want and who 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 they are and how they do it. Is it a blueprint? Sort of. Yeah. He, I, you know, he goes through how it works through history a little bit. I want to play this last clip if we have time. See if DeMarco can allow it. It's one minute and two seconds. We have exactly one minute and two seconds. Okay, DeMarco. This is uh, this is Comey sounding like a sociopath, in my opinion, manipulating us in any case. Clip seven. The reason this is such a big deal is we have this big, messy, wonderful country where we fight with each other all the time, but nobody tells us what to think, what to fight about, what to vote for, except other Americans. <laughs> and that's wonderful and often painful. But we're talking about a foreign government that, using technical intrusion and lots of other methods, tried to shape the way we think, we vote, we act. That is a big deal. And people need to recognize it. It's not about Republicans or Democrats. They're coming after America, which I hope we all love equally. They want to undermine our credibility in the face of the world. They think that this great experiment of ours is a threat to them. And so they're going to try to run it down and dirty it up as much as possible. That's what this is about. And they will be back because we remain, as, as difficult as we can be with each other, we remain that shining city on the hill, and they don't like it. So this and, is extremely important. It's yeah. extremely dangerous what we're, what we're dealing with, and it's needed, is what you're saying. Yes, sir. Yeah. So now, thank you, Comey, the philosopher. He's the philosopher. He, the would-be philosopher king. More on that. Oh, DJ, hang on. Your call next at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez on News ninety five five and AM seven fifty WSB. High today of eighty six. Tomorrow's high is eighty eight. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and I have a weekend prize pack for you. A family four-pack of tickets to Stone Mountain Park where you can check out the laser show, laser show daily. 
and a pair of tickets to see James Taylor with special guest Bonnie Raitt on July 11th at Infinite Energy Arena. First to call 404-741-0750 gets that awesome prize pack. And uh, I am going to take a call. DJ and Grayson, you're on with Monica. Yeah, hi. I'm sorry. I don't remember what show it was on, but there was a clip played on Thursday where Comey was interviewed under oath by somebody where he was asked in three different ways, um, had he ever um, leaked any information, given any government papers to anybody? Um, And he said, no, 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 no. Um, and then yesterday he comes up with his, you know, that famous, um, you know, I leaked it to my friend who gave it to the professor. Um, and the last I checked, that's perjury. Yeah. Uh, did you sorry. happen to catch the dates? Do you feel confident that the date he said he didn't leak was after he actually leaked? Because the leak did not happen until kind of recently. But I imagine yeah. if, you know, if it was in a news report, they probably checked their facts. That leak thing is outrageous to me that he and then he said he didn't have the memo anymore. He's like, oh, I gave it all to the investigators and my friend has a copy of it. But I I don't like wait, like he went through his own laptop and erased it or what? Like it was such a weird. Did you hear the testimony of that? Yeah, I did. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, it, it was. Um, I, I'm sure I'm sure it was after the time. The yeah, interview was after the time that he um, he, he had leaked it because. Um, you can just tell in his voice the way he answered it. It was uh, uh, he was lying. I, yeah, Wasn't it? Put a little too, you know, put too much emphasis on it when they're just like, no, yes. no, no, never, no, no. What didn't you think it was a bizarre revelation for him to just throw that out there? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a crime. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand why we're not pursuing that. I mean. I just don't understand. I mean, it starts with Hillary and, um, you know, goes all the way down the line. I just don't understand all these crimes and they're not being pursued. I mean, this is his his entire persona to me is an example of the art of ambiguity because he is being trotted out as this honest Boy Scout. The Democrats and the Republicans are blowing smoke Uh uh, regarding his greatness every time they talk to him. Yet he started out by breaking the chain of command. He admits to uh, to what looks like breaking the law. I mean, it's amazing to me. And what can we do? Nothing. We have absolutely no recourse. Our government does not work for us anymore. It's actually called a pathocracy. We're going to throw out some words. Pathocracy. Uh, great. Mike, Mark, David, hang on. Your calls after this and a little bit about Ossoff. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. So we are in the home stretch and I want to tidy a few things up. I want to get to all the calls. So if you're on hold, hopefully I will get to all of you. But I had thrown out a... uh, a maybe a half baked opinion on um, on the UK election. So I'm going to give Mark, who I bet is British, a chance to rebut. <laughs> Hi, Mark. You are on with Monica. Hello, Monica. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, with regard to Brexit, I mean, you, you I heard that you're saying it's not going to happen, but you, you really have to be a British person to realize it is definitely going to happen. No, I was just skeptical. I'm not saying I, I don't believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced, is what I meant to convey. But yes, keep going. I want to hear you. It will start. You know, the, the talks will start on the 19th. Um, the 
Oh, you're fading in and out, Mark. I can hardly hear you. Got to talk right into the phone. Oh, May, the actual talks will start on the 19th. I can guarantee that. Um, and I think May will probably last for maybe up until Christmas. But then, yes, she'll get changed because obviously she has been bruised with the, the election. Um, but the animosity between the British and the Europeans is that's why so many people voted to cut ties and to, you know, and to protect our borders and the whole nine yards. Well, I have a question um, and, for you. And it, yeah. Go yeah, ahead, finish. You finish away. what you're saying. No, I mean, that's it, really. I mean, like I say, I, you know, coming from my own heart, it will happen. And like I say, and okay. people just need to watch the space and realize. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. Why did May, I mean, I feel like she just botched it so badly. Why? I mean, it's. I felt like it had to have been, and knowing, like, how stupid could she be to have botched? She's in a worse position than she was before. Why did she do that? Incompetence? Uh, I, I think she just she just looked, you know, got the wrong idea about everything. I mean, she she was not really for Brexit anyway. There's a lot of conservatives were, but she was not for it. But obviously, once David Cameron realised it had messed up big time, she was thrown into the limelight. It was either her or a couple of other people that weren't really up to the job. But when she um, called for the election and then put out a platform that she. I mean, I suppose might have been able to anticipate people weren't going to like, you know, that seemed weird to me. Yeah, I, I, I just think, like I say, she just wasn't quite on the ball. She just, I think she was just given slight or, or took the information wrong. Let's put it that way. And like I say, and I think because now, now she's been damaged from it because, yes, she didn't get the 326 votes that he needed. They did get 318, which is almost everybody else combined. You know, right. it wasn't it wasn't that much of a, a demolition. All right, one but, last question: Do you think there is any chance that things are so bad over there they might have let their guard down on purpose and allowed some of those terror attacks to get through to bolster her uh, popularity? No, definitely not. No, because England looks after their own. That that would. You know, there's so many things going on at the moment. Like I say, we're trying to protect. We have, we do have a good secret service. But like I say, there's always going to be people that will slip through. Like it's unfortunately going to, obviously, going to happen in this country at some stage. It's just one of those terrible things. That's a society we live in now. Um, But no, I, I don't believe it was intentional. Right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Mark. I absolutely adore it when people call in and not just tweet, but call on the air to clarify things that I've said or disagree or whatever, give uh, uh, unique perspectives. Very, uh, very grateful to you for that, Mark. I hope that you do it again. I think you might have done it before. I'm running out of time, so let me call. Uh, talk to Mike in Conyers. Oops, sorry. Hi, Monica. Sorry, uh, I got... You know, uh, very, uh, at first, your theory about the powers that be... Oh, Mike, can you just... Uh, oh, sorry, Mike, I got I to break for... Uh, <laughs> This is a traffic red alert from the WSB 24-Hour Traffic Center. Gwinnett County 85 northbound at Indian Trail. All lanes are blocked. Watching on the WSB Jam Cam crash in the HOV lane, and they're holding all lanes to get this pushed over the right. However, traffic is dead stopped 85 northbound at Indian Trail. Now back to Monica Perez live on WSB. Okay, sorry about that, Mike. Uh, Go ahead. What you got? That's okay. First, your theory about the powers that be selecting young, pathological, intelligent, and political talent seem pretty far-fetched to me. But if you pause and think about the rise to power of Obama with a somewhat cryptic background and so on and so forth, 
it certainly would lend validity to your theory. Um, and my second comment pertains to uh, Comey and his description of these uh, forces that are trying to disrupt our uh, political uh, elections and things like that. And as he spoke, I'm thinking about the Democratic Party slash media. Yeah, it's internal. Yeah, right. And if yeah. you think back to the Romney-Obama uh, campaign and the election, you know, when there's 30-something counties, if that's correct, up in the Northeast that didn't have one vote for uh, Romney, if that's true, you might be able to uh, confirm that. Well, or not. Mike, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. It, it seems to me that the Republicans don't, that they're like in on it. They don't even want to win. They're so much happier being number two, getting the big budget, selling their votes to their cronies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I almost feel like it's not just, it's not like the the Republicans are fighting the good fight and they're just bested by these corrupt Democrats. I think they're all in on it. I I agree with you. And most of the time when I say Democratic Party media and then I (laughs) normally add establishment Republicans because I agree with you and they're particularly aggravating to me. I know the Democrats are against us. Yes. But uh, it's sad because and matter of fact, I think Trump is just a rare bird. If he were if this were 1776, he would be a signatory to the Declaration of Independence and these other Republicans would be Tories. No, this is what I think, Mike. Listen, I want you to, I don't want to, I want you to listen and I want to hear what you say. The, uh, I love the Tea Party. I love Ron Paul. I love all that stuff. And I felt like they were totally ignored and put the establishment into a panic. The Tea Party, especially. I feel like Trump will, I think the Tea Party was successful and was being successful. And I think that, that Trump is, whether he knows it or not, and agents of the establishment to have an unsuccessful kind of grassroots rebellion within the Republican Party that that he's was deliberately allowed or promoted because his bombastic approach will 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 backfire. Well, you know, you may have a point there. Maybe they allowed it to happen because they realized that if they didn't, that sooner or later the Tea Party would muster enough uh, political clout to take care of it. But another thing, I do believe that the media and the Democratic Party and the the Republican establishment underestimate the um, uh, determination of what I call the remnant Americans. Yes, the Um, remnants. I uh, love that expression. Well, I believe we're here, and I, I think if there were really, really funny stuff about impeachment or something like that, that maybe Trump's not perfect, and maybe it's like you say, but he may be a step to getting to a Tea Party-type uh, 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 political presence. Here's uh, something uh, I want to ask you mm-hmm. to um, observe with me, that the remnant, which in my mind are those of us who still understand the American experiment, defend the Bill of Rights, really get it the sovereign citizenship, yeah. that 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 remnant, the, the one thing that the Tea Party was promoting it, that was strengthening it, but this whole Trump populism theme, like, I'm here to get you yours. Big government's okay as long as it works for you. I yeah. feel like that is the greatest enemy of the remnant. Well, it, it may well be, but in it, it, almost seems to me like it's a stepping stone. You know, it would be refreshing to get back to just the old uh, capitalistic type um, America. The, you know, that was a lot Free of that I know, but maybe yeah. it's a stepping stone to get back to where it's really um, 
people working for the good, politicians working for the good of the people, not to support the people, but, you know. But yeah, yeah, I, totally. But, Get out know, of the I'm way. talking about to develop and, and promote self-sufficiency. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, take care of those who cannot take care of themselves. Well, and I we've don't lost all uh, the concept of self-responsibility. We got I to think to that. take care, yes, but I think to take care of those who can't take care of themselves is a moral obligation. And when I look at the fact that billions of people in the world, more than half the people in the world, actually identify as being part of a major religion. Uh, and the major religions all have personal behavior, self-control, and charity as their tenets. So I actually do not think that's a proper role of government, but I do think you can empower people just by freeing up marketplaces and everything because then they have consequences of their actions. I mean, drug rates plummet in a free society because nobody is going those aren't people who can't take care of themselves those are people who uh, I, I almost think that's a trap but that's a topic for another day i want to absolutely get to david and then i do want to talk to binkley about some ossoff stuff so david and tucker you are on with monica hi uh, first little point here uh, according to a poll uh study that came out uh within the last week or so over 75 percent of americans cannot name three branches of government um, no way. Uh, I, not shocking to me at all. That means that over 75% of uh, adult Americans cannot take part in an intelligent political conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. On to what I was actually calling about. Um, the latest uh, analysis book comes out every 10 years by the American Psychological Association. doesn't differentiate between sociopaths and psychopaths in a substantial degree. Uh they, and there was actually a book that came out last year, uh, published anonymously by uh, a female um, law professor defending sociopath role in society, which I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. Um, they're really, I think they're really highly functional as attorneys and salespeople. But uh, as you said, you know, when they become extremely self-indulgent, then they become druggies and whatnot. But they can work within the system and consider it in their self-interest to work within the system. They're very useful because they're very intelligent and to be very versatile. Trouble is you never know when they might go off the rails. Yeah, they can be super um, effective. But let me say, David, something about that dumbing us down or 75% of the people can't even identify the three branches of government. There's another thing that's happening right now, massive psychological operation that I feel was launched in February 2016 by Vicente Fox, that was um, animalizing us. So first they dumbed us down, but now they're animalizing us. So people are using vulgarity in public forums. I think CNN just fired the guy who did the religion show for using vulgarity towards Trump. Kathy Griffin got all that trouble, or Griffith, whatever her name is, got all that trouble for the severed head of Trump. But um, but at the same time, you have legislators and that uh, the Jim Forte, whatever, running for office, shoving a media guy. Legislators in Texas going to fisticuffs. So I think the next stage of this dumbing us down is like for the past hundred years, they've been doing that actively. Now I think they want to truly animalize us. So we have absolutely no behavioral self-control. They can crack down. They can even call us extremists. They want to create the chaos that Binkley tells me Bernays talks about create the chaos, and it's also a pretty common theme, create the problem and then offer the solution. So I think that's really something to watch out for. Let's do the Ossoff stuff after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 
Scattered storms, high of 85 forecast for Monday as the work week begins. But that could change, so stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. So we're wrapping it up. Uh, my probably greatest weakness in broadcasting is that IT stuff and then always take calls instead. So <laughs> I was going to give you like a half an hour of Ossoff stuff, clips from the debate, blah, blah, blah. But we have like one minute. And uh, I know, Binkley, you are so emotionally engaged in this this race, even though you don't live in the district. I just like the way how fired up you get because do you is it fair to say that you hate Ossoff? I don't like to say that I hate anybody. I learned okay. this from my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Carter, but you can hate what people do. <laughs> I hate what he does. Okay, what's the what what's your what's your peeve of the week? Well, during the debate and he said in his commercials as well, he promised to close up tax loopholes. You know, because his supporters hate that people like Donald Trump, who are really rich, can avoid them. Oh yeah, when people get rich because of uh Using the tax code, that that's just like that's like stealing money from other taxpayers. And the in the I think taxation is theft, but I'm just right. saying. Yeah, but that's a big thing with his supporters. But the problem with that is that the guy who wrote the person who wrote and created these loopholes, he sits on the advisory board of John Ossoff's father's business, Stratford Public Stratford Publishing, which is what I know what his business does. What right. does his business do? Which He's they got like help people exploit seconds. the very tax. Uh, the very loopholes in the tax code that this guy created. I mean, Trump would go to him if he wanted to get better at avoiding. So tax. his dad's actual business, like, let me just make this uh, clarify. This. His dad's actual business is helping people evade taxes. Uh, Not evade, avoid sorry, taxes. Avoid, 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 taxes. avoid. That is sorry. a major part of it. Yes. Uh, and the best okay. in the country sits on his advisory. Well, board. you've been walking me through a lot of this stuff when we do our show Propaganda Report, which people can find at PropagandaReportDaily.com, and you can subscribe. We'll do another one this week. It won't just be about Ossoff. It has been lately. What I want it to be is that you would not believe how much deeper this hearing stuff goes, and it goes beyond the Comey stuff. It goes – the hearing the day before was where I thought it was really interesting, but – I don't. There aren't enough hours in my show for, to cover everything, so that's why we do what we do the rest of the time. So check that out, and uh, we will be back next week, Saturday from three to six. This is Monica Perez.